0: Hi, good morning, and welcome to the ZP Vlog and Podcast. So we like to do this once a week, and it's not so much on our technical side, so we do these couple of webinars a week, which are much more sort of technical answering technical questions, but it's really just the news that ZP's put out for this week. Something that we've done a long time ago and um, something that I sort of realized that, you know, very, people are very interested in, in um, creatinine. Um, I think it's a good marker for um, things like um, kidney function, it may also be a marker for a sort of muscle—I um, don't say muscle damage—but anyway, creatinine um, is interesting to people. We have actually been testing it in the um, clinically useful range, and it is a technology that we have at ZP. So I just put it out there that we do actually have it, um, and it's probably worth saying that obviously ZP—we can't—we can actually quick, quite quickly convert things like creatinine into useful sensors because we have our sensor all platform. Um, so. Super happy um, that we were just talking about that this week. Some other news from ZPU this week as well is um, on the twenty-eighth of February, and we are going to have our webinars on um, measuring chillies. We've been putting a lot of work in recently, and I know I slightly apologise to kind of people who watch us on YouTube because we. I know we put out a lot of videos around this. Um, I hope you realise that there's, you know, when we're talking about measuring chilies and measuring ginger. Um, these are measuring natural products. So you can see the sort of challenges. And I think challenges is good because challenges are opportunities um, to actually, when you try to measure natural ingredients, um, it's a challenging application. Um, and so when you sort of see us talk about chili and ginger, don't just focus on the words chili and ginger. Actually, this is much more generic than just that. So um I think as ZP, I think one of the things we like to do is actually do things that are slightly harder. So what I mean by that is um, you can make a perfectly good business by measuring temperature. Um, but it's quite a commoditized, you know, let's say thing to do. People are trying to measure temperature on the body. That's much more challenging. But as ZP, you know, we do take on things that are actually quite difficult. I mean, in even things that sound in, um, are implicitly seem quite simple, like oh, let's measure the hotness of a chilli. Once you bake, break into the nuances of it, you think, no, this is actually, um, this is much more difficult than, than one would have initially thought. Same for Ginger as well. Anyway, we do have a free webinar on the 28th of February. Please come along to it, even if it's just for fun, um, and just see how we're sort of, you know, doing there. Something that... Um, people are super interested in this world about multi-analyte sensing and so they do try to do multi-analyte sensing whenever they think about multi-analyte sensing they do think about doing multi-analytes essentially on one piece one platform Um, at zp we can actually do multi-analyte sensing but we can also do multi-analyte sensing by doing one at a time and this is not a bad strategy we have a series of qr codes which tell our sensing technologies or tell our altronics what to do the qr codes correspond to a particular um sensor and so we can go from sensor and analytes to sensor and analyte by just using different qr codes and so we can do our multi-analyte sensing and we can definitely do it off our sensor um platform um, as part of our commitment to the general community of um, let's say food sense um, we do do weekly webinars, and this week we've actually been talking about, uh, I think, about making a repeatable um, product. Now, we were talking about a repeatable product in terms of ginger shots, because um, what you find out in ginger shots is that um, ginger is extremely variable: um, growing conditions, variants, um, storage conditions process conditions all these things affect gingerol gingerol is essentially a um, organic molecule you know it's robust but it's not invincible or indestructible i should say i think it's a better word for it um and therefore you have to measure it you have to measure the process if you want a repeatable product so if you want to control anything you have to be the first measure it and it's interesting actually in the world of gingerol i really don't think anyone's measuring it actually is the kind of you know, I wouldn't say shocking, but is is re- realistically is what actually going on. Um, so we did talk about you know the issues of repeatability in production. But again, I think that this much more generically, I think in actually a lot of products that are made from natural ingredients, um, there's very little process control. Um, if you're making products from chemical ingredients, you can essentially trust the incoming material sheet from the manufacturer. But once you start getting into the world of Agriculture, you know, there is no guaranteed reproducibility, and that therefore there's no guaranteed reproducibility when you actually then go on to make a um, product from it. Um, now, I said this is a bit more of a non-definitely more of a non-technical um, webinar, but we do have technical webinars. And just this morning, we did a, a webinar um, on um, talking about platinum screen print electrodes. I'm A big fan of our screen printed electrodes. I'm not a big fan of platinum these days. It's just got too expensive. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Um, you know, we make up things like 25 grams worth of platinum paste. It's thousands to make it up. Whereas if we make it up out of carbon, it's you know, it's, it's not anywhere, and not even orders of magnitude close to it. And if you really want to commercialize technology, you have to really think about your cost of materials and. Platinum is just super expensive. So we did talk about platinum scuba electrodes today. We have a perfectly good one. We talked about Randall-Sevick equation. Um, ps- personally, the Randall-Sevick equation describes that um, peak height um, in a cyclic voltammogram is often proportional to the square root of scan rate. And that's if the um, redox process is reversible and if the... Um, peak or the, the process under diffusion control, then the Randall-Sevig equation you know, works, makes good sense. I think it's a bit of a trope in electrochemistry because everyone does it. But I personally, in, at least in an electroanalytical biosensor world, it doesn't add much value to your students. It's just a thing people do. I'd even call it a teaching practice to be honest with you. Somebody was asking about custom screen Be electrodes. Really, custom screen electrodes need to be treated like a really high-end project not like a commodity item where you just go in you tell the vendor what to do they give you something and it's perfect and you're done that just leads to years and years of development and heartbreak um gox activity at a cgm um somebody wanted to know what's the right gox well there's actually a series of questions back before you can actually talk about the glucose oxidase sorry glucose uh oxidase activity required for a continuous glucose monitor there's many questions back. And again, it comes down to really, you know, doing programs um, with people like um, ZP. Um, some other news from ZP or some other comments this week, something that's really I really kind of um, there's something called, um, well, people call it phosphate, but you could the, the model the molecule or the let's Yeah, it is a molecule, um, you could call it a, a, a fairly large anion is orthophosphate. So this gets put on the fields. It obviously runs off into the into the water systems and gives us um, eutrophication. Eutrophication you know, it leads to algae blooms. Algae blooms deplete the oxygen, and the fish will die. And it you know it leads to stinking rivers. There's probably not a river in Europe, you know, potentially the USA, lots of places in Asia, you know, where which don't have. Phosphate pollution and therefore are not nowhere near as healthy as they should be. And um, people are also quite interested in total phosphorus. Total phosphorus um, is measurable on biosensors, but you kind of essentially total phosphorus is about material, a phosphorus material that's not otherwise solubilized. So you do have to sort of chemically treat it to solubilize it. But these are definitely things that we're interested in doing at ZP. We do have our sensor platform, so these things are well within reach of us. I know I sort of. Interesting because we have such a sense it all kind of describes zp in so many ways because um, we also kind of are helping people with doing uh, multi-analyte detection in saliva. Um, people are interested in cortisol. People are interested in testosterone. I'm pretty sure that there'll be people interested in some of the sort of female hormones as well. And just just a side comment: hormones are definitely something that's kind of becoming more of interest because I think small molecules have been done. People have been working in molecular assays, and now it's kind of time for the hormones. Let's say. I think a ZP actually, you know, a whole philosophy is about getting people to market. And, you know, we we put in quite a bit of effort this week just writing a whole, you know, presentation and, and giving that presentation around the strategy about actually getting people to market. They spend too much time developing technologies that they don't otherwise need to have developed. They're too slow in winning market share and essentially they're just, you know not going to be successful. I mean, I, I know many companies um, who spent 15 years doing development and never got to market. Now, sometimes they get lucky at on the 15th year, they do, but 15 years, um, most people have moved job three times in 15 years. So um, at ZP we would much rather get it done in two years. It's probably worth saying that we did a webinar this morning, but we also have a webinar on the twenty second of February. Asking technical questions. If you have any technical questions around electrochemistry, biosensing, etc., please send them in. Really, a, you know, sensing. If you can measure it, you can control it. Controlling it means you're getting into process control. So at ZP, we can do process control, and I mentioned doing process control earlier on for ginger. Um, But the more I dig into this whole world of, it sounds ridiculous, but of chilli sauce, I realise it's a very artisan industry. You will have serious people, um, you know, um, probably well equipped with labs, um, making things like Tabasco sauce, you know, they're using HPLC. I want to say high-pressure liquid chromatography. I've seen some people calling it high-performance liquid chromatography. I need to check out whether the P is pressure or performance. I am a chemist, by the way. I'd be doing this possibly... For twenty six years, so if I'm getting it wrong, I'm surprised. I'm actually more than twenty six years when I think about my undergraduate days as well. But I'll check it anyway. There are some people taking a scientific approach to this, but there are other people who are definitely not taking a scientific approach to it. If I, if if somebody has the food sense technology and they measure the Scoville heat unit of their incoming material, we can definitely start calculating what the hotness of their product's going to be. Um, and I just think, don't think people even realise that you can do that. So you can, and I'm trying to kind of evangelise that out into the world. Something that just appeared, uh, I knew about it, but I wanted to talk about it. Um, at least in the UK, they call, it measure, uh, they call it nitrate vulnerable zones. You absolutely do have nitrate vulnerable zones around the world. A nitrate vulnerable zone would be, you know, um, sort of like a river course is running through a field. The field has a steep incline. The ground is very sandy and rocky. Uh, rocky is a bit strong for farm versus field, but maybe sandy. Um, and essentially, you know, you, you are in a, you're in a vulnerable position where actually you put nitrate down and it ends up in the river. And I did talk about eutrophication with phosphate earlier on, and nitrate is the same. Um, and in the UK, they actually designate this as nitrate vulnerable zone. But I realise what they're doing is they're doing lots of calculations, but there's actually very little measurement going on. Um, and it's ridiculous to be honest. You can measure nitrate on the smartphone these days. Obviously, I'm super biased. We've got the Sense it All platform, but that is something that I do want to sort of talk to people about um, if they're so interested. So at ZP, um, we do these webinars once a week. It's just really a wrap-up for the, the news and the stuff that we've put out there. This week, And when I look back at what we've done this week, we have our webinars. We answer technical questions on our webinars. Um, really, it's been food and agriculture. When I look back at this week, you know, Food production, chili and ginger products, and um, environmental phosphate and nitrate. Now, if you've got any questions or interested in working with ZP, I think, you know, please reach out to us. Um, There's a contact us page on the website and we'd be delighted to hear from you. Okay, thanks very much.